Good morning. Let's open our Bibles to Psalm 23. Of course, I got one more lesson for you today. And I am going to be sad to leave Psalm 23 because I love it so much. We, at our Thanksgiving uh, around the table, we were supposed to come up with one person that we're thankful for and one thing that we're thankful for. And uh, I was thankful for my wife, was the person, and then I was thankful for Psalm 23 because it's, it's so good. It's just so good. Psalm 23. Why don't we pray first? I just want to pray. Father, we, we thank you for who you are and, and how you are so good. And as we talk about your goodness today and, and, and even in the, the ups and the downs of this life, Lord, we, we still look to you. We, we hold on to you, Lord. We pray for Tommy and his family and his brother and uh, his family and Orlando who's there. Uh, with them. We just pray your comfort and your peace and your presence there with them, Lord, right now. I pray for, pray for Larry and <clears throat> thank you for him being a part of our fellowship. Bless him and, and Lord, uh, 65 years. Uh, Lord, pray for Susan. Uh, give her patience, Lord. Uh, we just thank you that we can be here together, Lord, to, to worship you, to serve you, to love you, and honor you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Last time we, we looked at the verse before, you know, where it says, you, pre you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil and my cup runs over. And, and uh, you know, this idea that God has prepared a feast. It's really a banquet. It's a it's an incredible thing, and, and God himself prepared it for us. He prepares it for us. All the cost, all the work, all the effort, and, you know, all the, all the blessings that he has given to us is, is just absolutely phenomenal. It's incredible. Part of the problem is, though, that we sometimes focus on the enemies instead of focus on the table and what God has given to us. And we get distracted, as I said, and and uh, we need to focus on the Lord and keep our eyes on Him. And, and the enemies are always going to be there. They're just always going to be there. We can't, this life is just going to still have uh, difficult things, enemies, problems, trials, and troubles. But the Lord is going to be there, and He's bigger, and He's, he's better, and he's, he's over all that. And, and because He, you know, honors us, He anoints us with oil as, a, as His guest. And it's so much that our cup is just overflowing. It, it just runs over with all the things that he's done for us. So verse 6 now, it says, Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Man, that is just so good, isn't it? But I, I, there's a couple of verses that are that what I, what I call our companion verses, and and the first one is Philippians chapter 1, verse 21. For to me, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. And Romans 14 says, if we live, we live to the Lord. If we die, we die to the Lord. So whether we live or die, we belong to the Lord. Whether we live or die, we belong to the Lord. And, you know, Psalm 23, verse 6, this idea, you know, we have the days of our lives, and then we have 
forever. We have life here in this planet, and then we have life beyond life on this planet, or when after we die, life after death. There are these two kinds of things, and I think they're both found in this verse uh, 6 of Psalm 23, and, and so we're going to kind of break it, break it down a little bit like that. To live is Christ, to die is gain. What a powerful, powerful verse, and I think it's something that, that uh, Paul gave us as kind of a, a blueprint. This is where his heart was, and I think it's a model for us. To live is Christ, to die is gain. And I think David had this, this kind of idea in mind as well when he wrote these words for us here in Psalm 23. So, so let's break it down, shall we? Uh, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. You know, this, this idea of surely, you know, he said it, and it really means it, and, and the, the language is kind of emphatic. You know what that means? Emphatic means like there's a lot of stuff behind it. He's saying, surely. This is something that is real. This is something that is like you can't get away from it. Matthew Henry said this. He says, it is as sure as the promise of the God of truth can make it. And we know whom we have believed. It can't get any more sure than this is what he's saying to you and I. Surely what? Of course, he doesn't just stop there, which, you know, uh, if we have no substance, if we have nothing we can add to that, you know, surely, you know, there's a lot of that going around. You know, a lot of people are emphatic about a lot of stuff, but they, they, there's no substance to it. There's no reality. There's no truth. And so what is he saying? He says, he says this, surely, emphatically, indeed. That goodness and mercy will follow me, shall follow me all the days of my life. This goodness, you know, the goodness of God. I want you to turn with me. Uh, I'm going to have you turn with me to some verses in the Psalms today. And then one in the New Testament a little bit later. But for the Psalms, first of all, I want you to turn first of all with me to Psalm 119. And remember, I told you a few weeks ago that... that uh, there was a guy who memorized Psalm 119. Anybody remember who that was? Someone said it, Blaise Pascal. Psalm 119, if I can find it. It's like the longest psalm in the book. I should be able to find it. Psalm 119. I've been studying uh, Psalm 119 like verse by verse, like every other day. It's going to take me forever to get through it. But uh, I thought I was going to do just like a section because it's, it's broken into sections according to the Hebrew alphabet. And I, you know, I started off like that and I just, I just had to slow down because there's just so much there. There's so many, so many wonderful uh, things found in Psalm 119. Anyways, let's look at verse 68. I saw this a couple of days ago. <clears throat> Psalm 60, uh, 119, verse 68 says, you are good. Who's he talking to? He's talking to God. He says, you are good, and what you do is good. There's something about God, the fact that he is, he is actually good. And what we read there in Psalm uh, 23 is that his goodness and mercy will follow us. So we're talking about his goodness, right? And it comes out of the fact that he is good. 
we started uh, uh, learning a song out of Psalm 100 last week, and it, it says, you know, that, that the Lord is God and the Lord is good. You see, this goodness that we're talking about, it, it comes out of the fact of the goodness of who He is. This word good means good and pleasant and beautiful and, and agreeable. It's just the goodness of God that He is in His nature good. I don't know that we can say that about the nature of man. People like to say that, well, you know, we're all basically good. But is that true? The truth is what the Bible declares is that we're all basically not good. And God makes us good. He forgives us of our sin because we're all basically sin. We're, we're born in sin. We're, we're, you know, th- this is what we are. This is who we are. So if you, if you have this philosophy that we're all just basically good, just dig down deep and you'll pull something good, that doesn't mean that you know, none of us you know, never do anything good. I'm just talking about the essential nature of, of what man is. We're, we're sinners. But God forgives us and makes us good. You know, I've told you the story, you know, my, my, my brothers, you know, and my, my sister-in-law says, you know, you're the good brother, uh, you know, and I say, no, 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 I'm not the good brother. I have a good Jesus who makes me good. He's changed me. He's, he's radically transformed my life. So I keep trying to get that message across to those that are left. There's, there's not too many of my brothers left. Anyways, Psalm 119 says, You are good and, you, and what you do is good, or you do good, the simple uh, uh, way it's written. Psalm 27, I'll quote it for you. He says, David says, I'm still confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. That's where we are now, right? All the days of our life while we're here. He says, I will see. Psalm 23, he's basically saying that he has seen it. He he knows it. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. It's a part of my life. It's a part of my daily life. It's a part of what, what God is doing in me. How about go back a couple pages to Psalm 116. In verses 12 through 14, Psalm 116, says there, How can I repay the Lord for all His goodness to me? I will lift up the cup of salvation. I'll I'll call on the name of the Lord. I will fulfill my vows to the Lord in the presence of, of all His people. How can we ever... Repay him for, for this goodness that we're talking about today. Is there, is there even any way for us to repay him for his goodness? I don't think so. But the, the things that, that this psalm uh, tells us what we can do is we can lift up that cup of salvation. We talk about the cup running over. He talks about the cup of salvation. Lift up the cup of the salvation of salvation and call on his name and, and, and do what we promise to do. You know, make a decision, Lord, you've been so good to me, I'm going to follow you all my life. Well, if that's what we say, then let's do it. If we've made a promise to follow after God, then let's do it. it otherwise, we're, we're just hypocrites, right? And, and, and what kind of a witness is that to the world around us? 
If we say that we belong to Jesus, let's act like we belong to Jesus. Why do we do it? Because we, you know, we, we want to work our way into heaven? No, we do it just because He's been so good to us. He's been so, uh, so loving and kind to us. So he says, back in Psalm 23, he says, Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. So it's His goodness is the first thing, and the second one is, is His mercy. Now, some translations uh, translate it as love. Well, why do they do that? Why, why do we have different translations of the same word? It, basically, for this particular word, is, it, is because it has so much to it. There's, it's, it's like multifaceted. And this word is the Hebrew word for, for mercy, but it's also translated as unfailing love in, in some versions and some verses. It's translated as uh, steadfast love, loving kindness, faithful love. There's this idea, this mercy that it is just doesn't stop. So it's got mercy as part of it, and it's got love, and they, they kind of are, are both part of this idea. So his loving mercy, if you, if you want to say that, is pursuing. It's, it's following after you and I. The idea of mercy, you know, the, the, uh, the traditional definition of mercy, you know, it's, it's not getting what we deserve. Think about that. His, his goodness and His mercy are following after us. I don't know about you, but I need a lot of mercy. Any of you need any mercy? You're probably still thinking about that part. Well, I'm good. I'm basically good. I'm, why would I need any mercy? Whoa. This idea, this, this Hebrew word, and I can't really pronounce it very well because you have to kind of make a funny sound for the C-H, like that, chesed. You've got to kind of say that funny word for mercy and love, but it never stops. I like, I like Lamentations, uh, and it... You know, the old hymn says, you know, the, talking about the faithfulness of God. But, but what he's talking about there, he says, your mercies are what? New every morning. New every morning. I love that. We're going to talk about that a little bit more in a second. Somebody said this, all the streams of mercy, pardoning mercy, protecting mercy, sustaining mercy, supplying mercy. They're all there. And they never stop. They're new every morning for you and for me, each, each and every one of them for us. But notice he says this, that surely goodness and mercy or love, or merciful love or loving mercy, they will follow me all the days of my life. They will follow me. This new song that we've been singing about the, the goodness of God, in the bridge it says this, you know, your goodness is running after me. Remember that? So we played it a few times so far. And, and I, when I first heard that, I said, you know what? That's like weird. These people, you know, they just take all these, you know, uh, liberties with the song. They change the words. They make it say. And I thought, you know what? I, if I ever do that song, I'm not even going to do that bridge. 
because it's just weird. That's how I think about things. I, I, when, I, you know, when we do songs, I think about the words, and I don't ever want to sing songs that have you know, words that are just not true. But you know, I went to that verse, I went to this verse, and I looked up this word follow, and you know where I looked it up. And guess what it means? Running after. It means to pursue, to run after, to aim, to secure, to, to follow after earnestly. That's, and so I go, wow. And then I thought, i got to do that, that, that uh, bridge because that's what it is. It's not just that he's so good and he loves us and he's merciful to us. His goodness and his mercy are actually coming after you. That's a whole different picture, isn't it? Now I can get fired up because, you know, this part is like getting after me. You know, in most of the occurrences of this word, it's usually used with hostile intent. Someone pursuing after you? Have you ever been chased? They're not chasing you because they like you usually. They're chasing you because they don't like you and they're going to do something to you. Now, you know, when you think about, you know, uh, relationships, yeah, you're pursuing someone and you're running after them because you love them and that, that's probably more like what we're talking about here. But, but typically, when someone's chasing after you, I used to, I used to work for a company that did rent-to-own. You know that? And they take all your money. And then maybe after about five years, you own the thing. But I used to have to go out and collect money from these people. But if they had dogs, and I had to open the gate and go up to the door, I remember, it's the little ones you got to watch out for, too. I remember this little one, he came, he came busting out of somewhere, and, and like he was like right on me. He was not coming after me because he liked me. But the goodness and mercy of the Lord coming after us, why? Because he loves us. Because he, he, he's... He wants to have this relationship with us. If you can kind of picture that, that he's coming after you. His goodness and his mercy are coming after you. That's crazy. In a good way. Those of you who don't know what that, how that word is used. There is no hostile intent. But I wondered, when I thought about this, I wondered, are we running from him? He's pursuing after us. Well, you know, sometimes we make it difficult for him to actually get to us because we're running away from him. Right? Sometimes we need to just stop running and let him show us his goodness and his mercy. Stop. Just stop. Let him show you how good he is. Let him show you how much mercy, how much love, how much steadfast love, loving kindness, loyal love he wants to pour into your life, into my life. Stop running. 
There's no hostile intent there. He's not coming after us so that he can hammer on us and beat us up. It's just the opposite. He wants to build us up. He wants to heal us. He wants to forgive us. He wants to do a work in our lives. Is that radical? This is, this is what I'm saying. Uh, you know, these, these verses, are, they're just insanely incredible. His goodness and His mercy are following me. David knew it. He knew it in a personal level, on a personal basis. You know, this is following after me. Notice he says there, it's all the days of my life. All the days. How many days? Not just some of the days. You know, God's just, you know, some days God is, you know, going to be good to me. He wants to love me and show me mercy. Just some days, we, we, we already quoted from Lamentations, His mercies are new every morning. So that covers every day. His mercies are new every day. He, this is every day. He said, all the days of my life. All the days. I had to stop and think about that one, you know, because you know what? We have good days and we have bad days. I don't know what kind of day you're having today. Maybe you're thinking about snow. My, uh, my cardiologist told me that I am not allowed to shovel snow. said, thank you. <laughs> no, actually, I was disappointed because I like to shovel snow. I was disappointed. And he said, well, maybe you can use the snowblower. All the days of my life. You know, we have good days and we have bad days, but his goodness and his mercy and his love are chasing after us even on the bad days. Even on the bad days. We, we, we sometimes don't remember that. I don't remember that. But this is what he's saying here, isn't it? This is what the, the Scripture is, is telling us. This is what God's Word is impressing on us. This is what David is telling us from his life. Every day that I'm living here, this, the days of my life, the, the, the life that I have here on this planet right now, the Lord's blessing and His presence and His goodness are for me, for you, today, every day. Remember that. Think about that. Every day. Although we've seen in this psalm, you know, the fact that we shall not want because He's going to provide for us. He's going to make us lie down. He's going to take care of us. He's going to lead us beside the still waters. He's going to protect us. He's going to be with us in the valley of the shadow of death. He's, he's going to help us with fear. He's going to support us. All these things and more, His goodness and mercy, all these things, all the days of our lives, all the days of your life. That's why I want you to memorize this psalm so that you can have it, you can pull it up. When you're having a bad day, and you can remember that it says, Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, even on this day, even on this bad day, even on this good day. 
But wait, there's more. The last section there, what does it say? And he says, and, right? You see the and? Sometimes we just, you know, we just quickly jump over words like that because, you know, how many ands are there in the Bible? Lots. But, but look what he says. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. It doesn't just stop here. In this life, in this world, if, if we just die and that's it, which, you know, pretty much that's the common philosophy of the world, isn't it? Just, you know, get it all while you can because this is all there is. You've got to go for all the gusto now. Eat, drink, be merry, for tomorrow we die. And that's it. But is that it? I think there's something inside of us that knows that, that there's more than that. In fact, uh, in the book of Ecclesiastes, uh, Solomon says that God has put eternity in the hearts of men. In other words, there's something in us that knows that, that there's something eternal, there's something more than just going to work nine to five. Just fighting the fight, the battles that we face, the stuff of this life, of this world. And what is it? What does he say? He says here, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You could say, well, you know, David's just talking about the temple there, but why would he say forever? It's more than that. It's the house of the Lord forever, the, the place of God. I will dwell there or I will remain there. The word is translated many different ways to sit there, to abide there. I will dwell there in the house of the Lord, not just for, you know, this life, but forever and ever in God's house. Now, we all live somewhere. We live in a house somewhere. At least I think most of us, I think all of us in this room do. There are people that don't have a house at all, and they're homeless. But I think we all have a place where we can call home a house. But, but he's saying here, you know what, I, I, I'm going to live, I'm going to dwell in the house of the Lord forever in God's house where God lives. I'm going to be with him forever and ever the Lord, the eternal God, forever and ever. How about Psalm 27? Turn to Psalm 27, a couple of pages ahead from Psalm 23, obviously. This is a Psalm of David too, but, but he's actually talking about, as we'll see, life now. He says in verse 4, look at verse 4. He says this, One thing I ask of the Lord, this is what I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. See, in Psalm 23, he talks about, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever, all the days of my life, the life here, goodness and mercy are going to follow after me. But, but he had this prayer. This is a, something that he desired. And, and, and there was something about the house of the Lord, the, the tabernacle. The temple wasn't built yet, right? The temple would be built later. By who? By Solomon. But, but there was the house of the Lord. And, and, you know, 
he, he said that, but look what he says here. This is the picture that he gives us to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. To gaze upon the beauty of the Lord, to seek him in his temple. So there's something about even now. There's something about, you know, I said we each have a house where we go, but, but is that also God's house? Is it, is, it, is it a house where we've invited God to come in and, and this is your place? This isn't just my place. This is your place. I, I, I give it all to you. You gave it all to me. I just give it all back to you. But David had that prayer. Now I want you to turn with me to Psalm 73. Psalm 73. From 27 to 73. And this is not a psalm of David. It's a psalm of a man called Asaph. But look at verses 23 through 25. He said, yet I... Well, let's look at verse 21. Let's start there because it gives a little bit of a, more of the picture. He says, When my heart was grieved and my spirit embittered, I was senseless and ignorant. I was a brute beast before you. Yet, yet, despite who I was, senseless, ignorant, a beast, he says, Yet I am always with you. You hold me by my right hand. Isn't that beautiful? But it doesn't stop there. He says, verse 24, you guide me with your counsel. And afterward, afterward what? After this life, you will take me into glory. Whom have I in heaven but you? And earth has nothing I desire besides you. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion, how long? Forever. Afterward, you'll take me into glory. Afterward, see, there, there's more than just this life of, you know, the, the stuff that we face, the grief, the bitterness. Asaph tells us, yet, God, you're always with me. You're always with me. You're holding my hand. You're guiding me. But there's going to be a day when he's going to take us into glory. Paul said in 2 Corinthians, he says that, that, you know, we have a building from God, an eternal house in heaven. At, when this earthly tent, this earthly body that we live in is destroyed, we're going to have another body, another place, another home. But he said, meanwhile, we, grant, we groan, longing to be clothed with our heavenly dwelling. Meanwhile, it's difficult here, yes, but we have something to look forward to. The New Testament passage, John chapter 14, the Gospel of John chapter 14. Turn with me, if you will, please. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John help you find it there. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, John chapter 14. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. 
John chapter 14, verse 1, Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. In my Father's house. See that connection there? Jesus is talking about in my Father's house, in God's house, in the, the house of the Lord, the Lord Yahweh. In my Father's house are many rooms. Some translations say mansions. I kind of like that better. But basically it means dwelling places, places to stay. In my Father's house are many rooms. And if it were not so, I would have told you, I am going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. And Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you are going. So how can we know the way? We don't even know what you're talking about. You're this house with rooms. The Father's house. And Jesus answered and he said, I am the way. And the truth. And the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. He's talking about heaven, right? He says, I'm going to go to heaven. I'm going to prepare this place. I'm going to get it ready. And I'm going to come back for you. Now, for some of us, it could be in our lifetime where the Lord comes back for us and to take us to be with him. Or we might, as our, as our bodies break down, we might leave this body and this life and, and go to be with him. As Paul declared, to be absent from the body is what? To be present with the Lord. But, but notice he says there really is, is only one way to get there, and the way is what? Through Jesus. He said he was the way and the truth and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. You're not going to have that place. You see, we, when we talk about heaven, it's not like everybody is going to heaven. This uh, idea that, that heaven is like, it's just a, a universal thing. In fact, they call it universalism, where they teach that everybody's going there. Well, we don't get to heaven without faith in God. You say, well, David didn't know Jesus yet, but, but the, the New Testament tells us that these, these people that had faith in the Old Testament, they were looking ahead to the cross, to Jesus Christ. And they saw it in the end. They did. But for you and I, we have a choice, and it's through Jesus. Do we believe in Jesus? Have we trusted him? For those of us that have heard the gospel, this, this thing about good news about who Jesus is, have we heard that news? Have we made a decision for him or not? Because we're not just going to get there. You know, we can't quote Psalm 23 without faith in Jesus. For us here today, now. We're not going to dwell in the house of the Lord forever without getting there the way that he specified for us to get there is through Jesus the Savior. Isn't it cool he says that he was going to go and prepare this place? What did it say in Psalm 23 that, that you have prepared a table before me? In the presence of my name. He, so he, it's this idea, the preparation that's been taking place. And, and I'm looking forward to this place that he has for me. 
I haven't really told him the kind of things that I want there. But thinking about what, you know, he prepared for the table before us, I think he's, he knows what is going to be really good and excellent and beautiful and wonderful. Are they going to have guitars there? There's going to be a lot of music there, I know that much. It's a place where no tears, no sorrow, no sin, no death. Man, I'm looking forward to that. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Jesus opened the way. David said this in Psalm 16. He said, you have made known to me the the path of life, and you will fill me with joy in your presence with eternal pleasures at your right hand. He's going to fill us with joy in his presence when we're there with him, with eternal pleasures. It's going to be way, way beyond what we could ever ask or imagine, way beyond what we could ever think. That's why we, we read about uh, in Psalm 116, we read about uh, this. Let me just find it here. He says, you know, how can I repair the, repay the Lord for all his goodness to me? You remember we read those verses. The, the verse we didn't get to in verse 15 says this. He says, precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. You know, he's writing there in Psalm 116 about all the goodness of the Lord that God has done. I'm going to lift up the cup of salvation, call in his name. But, but then he says this, precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. It doesn't feel that way for us that are left behind, right? But to the Lord, he says it's precious. Why? Why? Because we're going to be with him face to face, and, and, he, and we are going to be able to see him. He sees us perfectly now, but we are going to be able to see him perfectly, and he wants that. That's why it's so precious. Heaven. Precious. I got a quote. Let's end with this quote because this is wonderful. He says this, escorted through all of life by God's goodness and mercy, we reach the Father's house at last, our eternal dwelling place. And as Paul said, to die is gain. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Let's pray. Our wonderful Heavenly Father, you are so good. You are so good and you do good. You just are good. And part of that goodness is your goodness and your mercy, your love that that comes after us, chases us. And all we need to do is trust you and, and allow you to be the God of our lives, the Savior of our hearts, to stop and let you love us. But not only that, we got heaven to look forward to. 
to be in your presence, the glory of the Lord, and to see you face to face. For eternity and eternity and eternity. You prepared that table for us. You prepared that home for us, Jesus, and it cost you everything. You gave your life. You died that we might have life. All the effort that you put in, all the cost that you spent for us, that we could be in heaven with you forever and ever and ever. We thank you, Lord. We thank you for that. I pray here now as we close, maybe there's, maybe there's someone here who's never allowed Jesus to come into your heart and life, forgive you. You could do that now. You can pray and say, Jesus, you died for me. I'm a sinner. I'm lost. Please come in. Please forgive me. Please save me. Lord, we thank you for your goodness, for your mercy. And we thank you for heaven. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's stand and sing that song, The Goodness of God.